First of All podcast is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage. From setting up a personal checking account, to refinancing household debt, to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for the support you need. Because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to... Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Hope y'all are doing well. We're at the tail end of 2020, thank God. Um, It's not over yet, but... We're going through it, and so I hope that you all are staying healthy and staying sane and safe. Um, This vaccine, huh? I mean, promising news. Hopefully we can start to transition out of this this isolation and separation. But in the meantime, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, and I encourage everybody to stay smart and considerate um, and self-caring by practicing social distancing, wear your mask, and just just be careful. Don't think that you are the exception because usually that's when you get into a lot of trouble. I'm not only talking about COVID, I'm talking about a lot of other things. But anyway, now that I've got my health PSA out of the way, thank you so much for being here. And I'm excited to introduce this week's episode, part one of two of closing chapters and saying goodbye. This part one episode is with my amazing roommate and friend. Well, actually, as of this episode, I'll start crying. Uh, my old roommate, my ex-roommate, Kelly Nichols. Kelly is an incredible singer-songwriter, a writer, musician, um, an editor, and former actor. And she's just she's been my friend, and we've been having such a great time living together the last couple of years. And she was actually a guest on this podcast last year um, in the Starting Over episode, so highly recommend you checking that out. She was going through a really significant moment in her life going through um, her divorce and in her 20s and figuring out who she is and figuring out the next step, starting a brand new chapter of her life. And uh, this year has been crazy for both of us um, because she was my roommate. She headed off to Scotland to, you know, figure out if that's where she wanted to be permanently. COVID struck. She got stuck there and she's been there majority of this year and she just came back uh, a week ago, right after Thanksgiving. So it's been quite a ride, a lot of, um, you know, figuring things out this whole year, just taking things in stride and, and you know, figuring out our next steps. So Mia's roommate slash landlord and uh, as a independent freelancing person that's now covering two people's worth of like my mortgage and Kelly figuring out, you know, her identity, what she wanted to do, her next steps. There's just been so much change for us as much as there's been for anybody else. It's been it's been quite a roller coaster ride. So we just wanted to regroup because today Kelly has has left California 
and headed back to Texas to head back to Scotland to be there permanently. So my dear girl is taking flight. I'm so proud of her. But in light of that, we wanted to take note and commemorate this moment to talk about chapters ending. So as the last conversation was about starting over and starting new, this one's about closing the book, turning the page, and moving on to the next thing. There's been a lot of that in my life. Um, Reaching a significant moment for me is collaboration, former executive director, um, because we have new leadership, all this stuff. There's lots of changes happening, and a lot of people have been facing that this year. We have we just face it every every you know turning point in our all of our lives throughout. So, just want to take a second to be there for all of you who are closing chapters, figuring out your next steps, and how to pursue what you want to do and who you are. So we figured out. So yeah, there will be a part two of this episode, but in the meantime, I really hope that you enjoy this very sentimental, meaningful conversation with Kelly Nichols on closing chapters. Enjoy. Came in 88 with a dream of so bright eyed. They knew right away, sick of swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Hi, Kelly. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. This is going to end with us sobbing into this microphone. Everyone get ready is basically what we're saying. You've been warned, and uh, yeah, there will be waterworks. Hey, man. We're we're li- literally uh, to Chris Traeger. We're yeah, lit- saying. Are you Chris Traegering? One hundred percent. Always. We're a couple hours away from your departure, and it's this moment that I was like really dreading and not looking forward to at all. And I was like, Kelly can stay in Scotland as long as she wants because I know she has been, so it has to come back to get her stuff. And I was <laughs> like, we'll keep prolonging it, and. Um, I basically explained in the intro that like, you know, of our previous episode and like, it's so fitting that we did, you know, starting over (laughs) and now we're doing closing chapters and that we've gone through this crazy journey with COVID. So there are going to be listeners who've obviously heard that episode and it's been a while since we recorded like a year. Yeah. Um, so why don't we just like recap, like what has happened? Because that moment that was like last fall, right? Yeah, do you want me to recap that episode briefly, or do you want me to I didn't listen to the whole episode. If you can, that'd be wonderful. Uh, I I think I can vaguely recollect what I said. Last episode, starting over, was kind of about... I was fresh out of my divorce and kind of having to pick up the pieces of my identity and what that meant for me and, like, self-discovery. Like, all of these things that I had put on the back burner for so long kind of came to the surface. And so part of that for me was this solo trip I took to Scotland. Um, And I just fell in love with the place. You know, like, the music there was exactly what my soul needed at the time. I'm really into folk music. I, I'm a musician, singer, songwriter. So it like called to me. And ever since that trip, it was as if I had come home and I've never felt that about a place. So, uh, of course I am now officially moving there, which is really exciting. I kind of, this past year was weird because of COVID because what happened was I, (laughs) <laughs> Minji, Minji knows I went there for a one month like pre-moving kind of exploration kind of like dip, like dipping my toe just to see like 
am I sure I'm going to make this huge life move? Mm -hmm. And then like COVID was like, yes, yes, you are. And I got (laughs) stuck there. (laughs) Literally, you went in February and that's when it was all like, you know, starting to ramp up around the world. And definitely there were whispers because I was in Seattle while you were in Scotland. I was visiting my brother and Seattle was like an early hotspot. So Mm. even going there, that was in February. And they're like, should you be here? And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> and then after then you're still in Scotland. We're like, so are you coming back? And we're like, I remember we we're doing this like back and forth of you had plans to come back at the end of February. Yeah, my flights kept getting canceled. And it was just funny because it was like, I still believe Chris, our roommate, like manifested this because he when I left for the first time before we knew about COVID or anything, he was like, you're not coming back. Yeah, he kept saying that. Yeah. And then it happened. And I was just like, does he know something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to give him that much credit. Yeah. Christopher. Um, yeah, I went in February and I, I just came back like after Thanksgiving. Yep. So to give you kind of the scope of how long I was abroad without a job also. Yeah, it was quite. And I want to like dive into that because I think this year for a lot of people, and I've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast about all the lessons that we're learning along the way and like how stressful it's been to financially and stability wise, like anything that constitutes having like a stable, secure existence went out the window because of COVID. Like we just all had to like figure it out Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. Right. And being working from home or not having a job, getting on an unemployment and getting loans and worrying about our families, being isolated, like so many different things through us for a loop. And it's crazy because the last time that you and I regrouped on this podcast was to acknowledge this huge life decision that you made of the divorce. Mm-hmm. And if you guys would, you know, go check that out. I, if I was a good host, I would have the number for you right now. Go check out episode. It's <laughs> but, I starting don't. Over. <laughs> but it's called starting over yeah, with Kelly Nichols. Go find it and go listen to other episodes while you're at it. But it was like, honestly, such, I was really, I was there by your side during that, yeah. that moment. And I knew how significant it was, you know, even just hearing about it, anybody could know, like when you choose to end a marriage, that's a big freaking deal to yeah, start one hard. is a big freaking deal. And so you're going through a lot and who knew that we'd be going through this circus of a year the way that it did. And I, I, I do kind of blame Chris. I was like, why did you like <laughs> say that? So she got stuck in Scotland. I hate you because your plan. And can you like, just to kind of bring it back to like, let's start at the beginning again. Mm-hmm. Your plan was go for a month. Yep. You're going to be there for the month of February, come back by the end of February. And then you had told, we had had this whole discussion because I'm technically, you know, I'm the roommate, but I'm the landlord, right? And we're like figuring out the space that you've been occupying in in our condo, which was not even a full room. Yeah, Yeah, it was a temporary space. (laughs) A temporary space. Partitioned off in the corner. Yeah. And like, it was not the ideal setup, but like for me as a landlord, like that was a source of income for me to cover my mortgage. So like, we're all trying to scramble and we're all friends. So we're like trying to make sure we give enough heads up so what was the original plan like you're gonna go for february it's gonna go for february and then i had a flight already booked to move like mid-year like Uh i think it was like june and so yeah it was to go kind of figure out where how i was gonna work from scotland where i was gonna live you know like all the logistics i was gonna go figure out the logistics come back then grab my stuff and move and i ended up just again uh in March, just right before my flight, uh, it just got canceled. And then I only had like one month's clothing and like not 
very minimal like supplies. So yeah, but we're trying to do free. a month long trip. It's not again for nine months. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't pack with the anticipation that you're going to need very much. So I didn't have very much, but I didn't really need as much as I thought I needed. So, and I would like to dive into that too. It's just been a lot of pivoting <laughs> this year and like making do with what needed to be made done. Yeah. Um, you talked about like this whole idea of like coming home and I'm a little bit jealous. Cause I was like, we are your home. How dare you? But no, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I know the feeling and I personally kind of felt that when I came here, when I was doing the whole home search at the time of yeah. like, where am I going to settle down? Um, so I think that's a really like important feeling mm-hmm. and it drove you to like, want to move there, like out of the country. Is yeah. that something that you were ever anticipating ever? Was that something that like you ever thought about when you were young? I mean, you're in your twenties. I want to be clear too. Like Kelly's a very mature, wise woman. <laughs> um, I am her elder Ajma <laughs> by a number of years. But yeah, was that ever in your plan? Like, I'm going to eventually go abroad or like... Um, you know, like most people who grew up in the States, I always like wanted to travel. You know, you have that itch to get out of the country. But I never like imagined myself like living abroad. I no place really called out to me that much. And so and I like had traveled to a few other countries like for work and I never really felt that like pool. But here it was like immediate and like Mm. I the concept of home like has always been one that like eluded me because like you know growing up you associate it with your hometown Mm -hmm. like literally but then as you like grow and like move different locations for work or other reasons you it becomes more like ambiguous and you start questioning what the word itself even means at all and you're like Mm -hmm. I think people the like old adage home is where the heart is is actually pretty spot on for what I have my understanding of the word home to mean now which is like home exists where you are Mm. so like as much as Scotland feels like home to me um I think it's because it like aligns with where my heart's at right now Mm -hmm. and that can change over time so home is ever evolving as you evolve and um But I feel like this is home, too, because when I'm with you and when I'm with my friends, that's what aligns as well. So there's like inklings of home wherever you have communities and like connection. connection. Yeah, Yeah, it exists multiple locations, but it all stems from like, yeah, your heart and love and connection. And that makes me like it felt like home when you came back. Right. Uh, and that too. Yeah. It was so that that's, I think something that I really valued is, I mean, I saw friends here and there. I did some social distance hangouts. I saw my parents a couple times this year. I've stopped because we are yeah. <laughs> stay at home orders and it's not over and I want to take it seriously. But, you know, for the vast majority of this year, I've been alone with our wonderful Christopher <laughs> to deal with. We, we love him. We I love just, him. it's my existence. It's my job in life is to troll him yeah. because he trolls me and it is our love language. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, like having familiarity, having something that felt secure and sta- again, stable and like, 
It felt right. It felt normal. Like those are things that help constitute home to me. Mm-hmm. And I do know that I agree with you that we can have home within ourselves. I've been traveling all around the country and in parts of the world where I'd had to like figure out what home is again. When I lived abroad in Paris two, two different times, it was super jarring to me because the first time was very involuntary. I didn't want to go. I had was basically ejected from my home because bad boyfriend mm. and like had to like completely rediscover what the heck normal is yeah. and like adjust to this dorm life that I was living with my brother. He was going to school at the time. He was doing a study abroad program. I was literally going to French class and like going to markets every day to like prepare food for my brother and me every day. That was like at 19. And that was like a first taste of like, Hey, we're going to throw you completely out of your element. You're going to have to figure it out. But Paris became home to me. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, that's uh, one of the places, like, I was a very anti-Europe girl, okay? I was, like, very (laughs) stupid. I own it. Because once I got there, I was like, oh, my God. It's it's magical. It's amazing. Where am I? I was, like, weeping in the streets. But, like, you know, those are, like, these key moments where you realize, A, I'm a survivor. I can figure out things that I never knew I could do mm-hmm. and be it's like that concept of like I can make home here I can make this normal I can make this feel safe I can make this feel like a place I can go back to but to come back to when you came home just because of this year <laughs> it felt like that again I was like Kelly's back and it's normal and we have strumpet was what I call Chris <laughs> you know like us trolling each other and yelling out things in the middle of the day and night and like it was so nice I know every a lot of my friends have been asking me how's it going since you've been back and I was like it was like nothing changed. Like all of my roommates, we just like immediately just left, like started where we left off. And it felt really like there was no like f- forcing it. Not that I thought there would be, but you know, like it just like immediately gelled back into place. And that's a beautiful thing to have, you know? And I feel like there's certain people you meet in life where like a passage of time does not change that. And mm-hmm. even if there's not, constant like uh communication right that that bond never leaves and i believe that is unconditional love and i do have that for you and christopher and candy i'm very very grateful to have that and it's funny because your your departure is like coinciding with this milestone in my life where like i'm leaving collaboration in a sense behind and mm-hmm. like the saturday is our 20th anniversary and it's like this announcement of our new executive director so i've been in full-on nostalgia mode anyway yeah i mean layer that on top of like i'm isolated and i'm alone and if i could see anybody who would i want to see and like when i can see people again who do i want to hug first like that's always been in my mind yeah but um yeah there's a lot of chapters closing and so you i remember i was talking with you when you were leaving scotland and that was only a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. And you're crazy. going back and you were so sad. So can you like, and we're jumping all over the place, but that's life. That's it is fine. what it is. When you were in Scotland and like making that place your home, and it sounds like it really did become home to you. Mm-hmm. When you had to leave it even temporarily to like come back here, did that feel like a giant chapter closed or like, but it was like a close of that COVID era. What was that like? Yeah, that was a chapter close in itself because going back, I feel very optimistic about the next chapter for Scotland because um, 
as a musician, like all of the music scene is closed right now because uh, every pub usually has an open mic night or like different sessions you can uh, book gigs at. And all that was closed during this time. So we started a band during quarantine, essentially. So we picked one of the hardest times to really do that. So we're really looking forward to next year because with the vaccine being rolled out in the UK, um, it just gives a lot of hope and excitement to what we're trying to do. And we know how much music is essential like during times like these so we're just looking forward to like starting fresh and like um hopefully booking a lot more gigs and also I'm just excited to get settled in and like have a place of my own and just see what my reality will actually be Mm -hmm. um hopefully post-COVID. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, like, honestly, Kelly, the time that I've been able to spend with you, I feel like I've seen you go through such significant... <laughs> yeah, you were a part of one of those really huge years, well, multiple years, like, just abrupt change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been there for me, and it's been really, like, inspiring, for lack of better words, to, like, See somebody go through, like, have access to anybody's personal life is very, it's an honor, right? Because, like, we all go through things and everybody has, it's like that concept of, like, realizing every person out there has as rich of a life as you do, right? Like, Mm -hmm. all the ups and downs, all the drama, all the pain, that is everybody, you know? And we can kind of feel in our own bubble of, like, I'm consumed with all that I'm going through. And you kind of forget, like, well, Kelly, Chris, whoever, they're all living, breathing emotional creatures themselves going through tons of like life changes so that's what I think is the benefit of like living with other people to in whatever form they let you be you have access to seeing like these changes that they go through through the breakups and through the like you know booking jobs and like growth and like you switching out of being an editor and like that's cool I kind of want to touch on that too because we have professionally shifted like now you're going full on to music I was there as you were like writing your own musical and like going out of this space where you were like working in tech and doing video editing for like (laughs) twitch and stuff like that's a huge thing that's been a part of this year I mean all years right Mm -hmm. like I think career and how we decide to spend our time and how we want to like make something of ourselves and make money and that money factor being so crucial to like how we define our comfort or ability to survive so much right like work is a huge especially as Americans I mean come on like yeah it's such a huge part of identity so like I'm curious how that part is because you were closing a big chapter professionally too not just like location switching Mm -hmm. but like really changing as being a wife to a single woman Mm -hmm. from being like an editor and an actor freaking that's how we (laughs) are initial I like see like in my head you're so many things and we met because of acting school (laughs) like I know how how like I'm still I'm still grappling with these identity shifts right now like closing these books or chapters yeah man this year has been like full of lessons and the biggest one for me was money can be um, as big of a hindrance as you let it. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I've been trying to do is, like, if money wasn't an issue, what would I do in life? And once I realized that was music, 
I had to then sculpt my life around music as the like uh, unifying kind of source of my energy. And once I did that, everything started to make more sense because before the unifying source of my energy was money. Like I need money and then I'll do what I want. Mm. But then I kind of this perspective switch into, okay, if the unifying source is music, then how do I create a lifestyle in which I can do music? And then it became a lot easier because then that's why editing fell away. Not completely, but it became secondary. And in that way, I got a lot pickier with what I what work I'm going to accept. And then also it's finding the balance in which it supports music, not um, overrides the dream. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was like a big year and a half, like figuring out how to transition into that mindset. Mm -hmm. So that's why so much has changed. And I think like acting for me always was the stepping stone back to music. I think like editing existed and then I went to acting school and that was kind of getting closer to me, like diving back into music because then I started doing musicals, which is like acting and music combined. And then finally I was like, Oh, right. It's the music component. Like I grew up doing this for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. I just never believed in myself and the ability to maintain it as a lifestyle. And then I found Scotland and I saw people doing music full time in these like pubs and like, it just clicked for me. And that was part of the reason why the location like felt like home was because the community they welcomed me in immediately even though I wasn't playing traditional Scottish music Mm -hmm. they were like play song play song and immediately just it it felt right you know Mm -hmm. and when something feels right I I've always just been a gut instinct kind of woman (laughs) and I love that about you that's what I'm like it's made watching you make the decisions that you've made has always been, like, a bouncing off point mm-hmm. about, like, how... And Chris, because Chris, like, Chris has also been on my podcast with the, like, fuck it and just do it episode <laughs> with Chris King Wong. He is a very... Re- kind of, dip, like, opposite. Like, he, there's, like, a little trifecta that we have. Mm-hmm. of Like, you're very heart-driven and very, like, gut-driven. Chris is very practical. He's very, like okay, how many hours and how many things and how can I decipher this in my spreadsheet so that I make sure that... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I really... And I the admin part, right? Yeah. And I love that about both of you. And I think that both of those things are very necessary in order to... Whatever your definition of success is, again, some people really do define it like having a certain level of income and a lifestyle. But I think that lifestyle thing is the thing that's come under question so much this year because we've had a lot of like the normal things taken away. Like being able to go to work and spending money, taking trips or whatever, right? Like all these things have been now put under the microscope as like, is it worth it? Is it bringing me joy? Does it make sense? Like it's, I think the pause, hopefully, I know I'm not trying to make light of it because I do know that people have been really, really struggling too Mm -hmm. to like make ends meet to eat, um, to, you know, support their children and their families. My, my word, because my parents have been like, I don't, we're no, 
think like they can do their business anymore. Like that's been really not just on a financial level, but again, identity level, like letting go of that version of like, well, who the hell am I now? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do? It can be really rough for some people. And oh, sometimes it's, scary. it's really terrifying. Yeah. And I want to clarify, like in terms of what I'm saying, what would you do if money wasn't a factor? Obviously, like uh, there is a level of being conscious of your financial situation. But more so what I'm getting at is don't let it stop you from what you want to do in life because there's always a solution. Yeah. But we get yeah. so wrapped up in the the literal of like worst case scenarios with money that we don't even allow ourselves to experiment in the direction of like making a risky financial move that once you take that risk, it usually ends up not being as risky as it appeared uh, like in your mind. For sure. Because I went, I, I think it's, I want to be vulnerable and like admit something. I went to Scotland with $25,000 of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Um, And that was horrifying. And I had no job. And I did it because I believed that it was worth the risk and that I could find a way to get myself out of it. Because I believe like you can you can get a job anywhere. Right. You can you can find ways to do it. And like I didn't want to just continue to live somewhere where the rent was higher also like and try to just be like maybe in five years once I get this to zero credit card debt, then I'll move. Mm -hmm. Because then what are you doing? You're just like, you can do that from anywhere. So Mm -hmm. why not focus on getting rid of the debt, but actually where you want to be doing what you actually want to do? It's the kind of like, maybe in five years, I'll do the thing. I feel like a lot of times when people say that, they end up never doing it. For sure. And that's what I fear more than the credit card debt. For sure. And that's, I I mean, I, I've dealt with, de- I'm still in it too. And I'm dealing with my, again, this is a tough freaking year to be dealing with having yeah. mountains of debt and having interest accrue on that. It is, it is extraordinarily stressful. And it's just, again, I think it's great that you pose the question of like, what's driving, what's in the driver's seat? Is mm-hmm. it the fear that like, you can't cover your... Like if I could do it, I actually just applied to do a program in Hawaii. I was going to tell you because oh, you're amazing. getting ready to leave. Um, but there's, I can do my voice work remotely. And this like this voice stuff that I've been doing, we're staring at my voice booth right now in my room. <laughs> um, that was a complete fluke. I never thought that I'd be a voice actor. I made my living hundred, like pretty much besides my Patreon. Thank you to my Patreon patrons. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) But like vast majority of my income comes from doing voiceover work. That is not something I ever predicted, sought out. It just happened. Yeah. But like you and I, I think being in the creative sphere, right? Like not being a typical nine to fiver had to learn early on how to hustle really hard to get the gigs to network. And when I saw an opportunity and I saw that it was kind of coming naturally at me, I invested a lot of time into it and that's why I'm here. It didn't like, I've had a lot of people kind of come to me because they're like, oh, I want to be a voiceover actor. And I think that they absolutely could if they want to spend the time and work to do it, if they want to invest in the gear, if they want to, it's time and practice. And that's where I get a little offended where I'm like, you can't just talk into a microphone and expect people to pay you money to do it. It's an, it's a form of acting. You mm-hmm. have to be on brand and you have to have a certain tone. You have to get direction. You have to know the difference between your commercial voice and your narrative voice. Like, blah, it's a craft. <laughs> it's a craft, people. It's a craft. Mm-hmm. 
But like I wanted to because I'd had enough indication in my life that I could do something with it and it would give me the flexibility. So like that's why I think it's kind of like the mindset of it was challenging. Again, it wasn't easy, but I had to keep asking those questions along the way. Is this worth my time? And is this going to leverage like financial freedom to -hmm. pay my bills, cover my mortgage and still have time and energy to like write and make movies. Like that's the other thing I want to do. And I also started a startup and now I'm at a different challenging point in my life of like, I'm doing too many things again. Um, (laughs) But that's, that's life, right? We come upon these different challenges and money is definitely a huge component, a practical component of like what it can let you or not let you do, but flip it on its head and be like, what am I going to choose to like have it do or not do? Yeah. Don't let it like run the story. Like, and there's, I I like what you're saying about voiceover work. I I think there's something about if you're in a spot where you have this career that you've had for X amount of time, but it's not really what your heart wants, there's a way to leverage that in your favor to be a vehicle to get to what you want. Mm -hmm. Because that's what editing is to me now. I'm like, oh, okay, I have six plus years of experience you're a good editor. Yeah. That's not what you want to do forever and ever. But like you said, it took time and it took effort and mm-hmm. like uh, college and all this stuff. So might as well leverage it to get what you want now. And the more I do that, the more I realize, oh, this wasn't a waste of time. Like this yes. wasn't me off the path. This I, I can edit now our music videos. I can now like I have got myself in a position where I can be more picky with choosing gigs and my rate is high because I have X amount of experience. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. And right. for a while I was, was a bit hard on myself and I was like, Oh my gosh, if only I would have went to like the full music route out the gate. But like, I'm happy I didn't because I now have the ability to have this lifestyle that I wanted, which remotely, (laughs) remotely. Exactly. So it's like, it's not about like beating yourself up over the career path that you chose. That was like practical and maybe not. It was like what you thought would be the moneymaker that would then get you to your dream. It's about deciding to focus your life around what you want and use what you've already done to prop it up now right to build something to go towards achieving that yeah just making that switch of like uh perspective and like knowing that it's possible to make that lifestyle for yourself and that's i think a really key distinguishing factor of like you're living a dream but i think sometimes even like i'm very big on rhetoric and narrative when you're (laughs) saying dream yeah, that's that, very ambiguous. It, ambiguous. It feels very abstract. It feels mm-hmm. very out of reach. It feels like it's meant to be something that's unattainable. And that is something for like a dreamer like myself. Like I love the romance of that word. I love yeah. that it it kind of um, paints a very bigger than life picture. But then the hustler in me is like, nah, bro, I want to live my dream. I want to have the thing that I've been thinking about since I was a little kid watching E.T. and like whatever, like wanting to be in movies, right? Yeah. It's a dream, but I want to like even pose that out. I just throw, I say stuff into the universe. I'm like, check 
what dreaming means to you. It means something different. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like a definitive thing for everyone. But to me, I over time and having chased so many different things, the acting career, like again, yeah, Beverly Hills yeah. Playhouse, shout out, we love you. It taught me that dreams are attainable. One of the freaking mm-hmm. books that we read was Dreams in Action, right? Yeah. That you take something that you want, this idea, this concept, blah, 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 and you find the ways to reverse engineers the steps to freaking get there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I check... um I want people to be dreamers. I want people to have romance and visions and like grander things that they want to do because I think like the pursuit of that is what makes a lot of things worthwhile. Not easy, but worthwhile. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's a good way of putting it because it's really not about the like, you never really land anywhere, right? When you're pursuing a dream, it's you are in the pursuit of your dream, you end up attaining more happiness along the way by the The sheer pursuit of it yeah the journey exactly and these are like the cliches that this is what i like i'm such a cliche like if i had live laugh love on my wall everybody like oh god there she goes but cliches are cliches because there's truth to it exactly universal truth yeah that's why they exist so it's like as much as they're like eye rolling like eye roll inducing or whatever it's It's fine eye roll and then accept it yeah (laughs) yeah just uh live laugh and love (laughs) that's the end the end (laughs) no but i think that's a judgment that i think that i've been learning as an adult to start removing that that i didn't want to be a cliche Mm -hmm. but like the things that i gravitate towards totally are and it's like that life is about the journey it's not about the the destination right and that's the stuff that i'm getting so nostalgic about when i look at collaboration for the last 11 years like we've literally been on a massive we're going through every album all the video clips we're like compiling all these shout outs and um sizzle reels from the last (laughs) 11 years for me and then collaboration has been around for 20 years and to even see what was before me before my time it is really like emotional i get i start crying when i look at it because i remember that it wasn't we had great shows like obviously collaboration was a series of me producing live events and shows and stuff with my staff but i found pictures of our retreats Mm. i found pictures of us doing community service together birthday parties like all these like random one-offs or like a fundraiser right that wasn't the big shebang it was the journey of like how we bonded and how we got to know each other how i fought with like people on my staff Billy, I love you. I brought you up multiple times. But my my finance director, Billy, and I were like mom and dad of the group. It's basically like Chris and me. We're like always like bickering. Yeah. Because I had the dreams and he'd shut them down with his logic. And I was like, <laughs> let me live, Billy. Yeah. But that fight, that fighting like is so like tear inducing for me now because we were getting to know each other. We were sparring and helping each other grow because. Oh, yeah. And you balance each other out. Right. Yeah. And like those relationships, they mean so much. And like when you're in the thing, when you're doing the thing, those things can get lost because you're in it and you're in the the kind of like the muck of it. But that's where I think now when, as we get older and mature more, we can be a little bit more conscious of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, these are the good old days right now. Well, and the thing about being nostalgic is it provides this beautiful lesson of when you look back and you see it is about the journey and those moments that happen, you become more like cognizant of appreciating the journey as you're living it like Mm -hmm. being in the moment you're in because i think a lot of times when you're looking so future oriented being like i want this outcome i want this destination i want this i want this you lose 
you don't understand the beauty of the moment you're in. And, oh gosh, I wish I could remember this quote from The Office. Andy Dwyer says... I wish somebody could tell me that the good old days were there. What if we could know that the good old days were there when we're in them? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's so spot on. It's like, what if you could know you're in the good old days while you're living them? And that's that's all there is. Mm -hmm. I think that is what the takeaway is when we look back at these moments in our lives. It's just reminding us that you are in the good old days, like in every like environment you exist upon and just reminding yourself that actively to just be grateful. Right. And that's, that's funny. That's, that's what I was talking about in my last episode, which was reflecting on my grandma passing Mm -hmm. and having the flu and being a complete shell of a human for a minute. But it's like when you regain that back, when I got my health back, when I lost my grandma and I'm just like savoring my moments with my mom and like, realizing these are precious things that I don't want to take for granted and mm-hmm. like get annoyed when I get too many calls from my mom or too many texts on cookout. I'm like, I'm trying to live. But like, those are the things that I'm going to, I'm way more aware now. These are the things that I'm going to be crying over when whatever happens. And, um, you know, being able to run around, like even being able to take walks again after two weeks of like being completely incapacitated because <laughs> of the stupid flu, which is brutal. Get your flu shot and be careful. Um, <laughs> Like being able to just take a walk felt so wonderful. And like, it was like my routine that I made this year in COVID. Like, I'll never forget that going outside, taking a left and like walking in this certain path that I did every day to just stay stable and have a routine during COVID. Every walk in this neighborhood is going to have that flavor, that reminder Mm -hmm. always. And I already, I already got weepy after the flu about the good old days of COVID walking. (laughs) And I'm a highly nostalgic person and I'm highly anxious because I'm really thinking about all these goals that I have and like all the things that I want to do. And so I think this is, these are just good sobering moments to like sit with you and reminisce. Yes. And also like take these lessons learned because these are good old days. These are good moments. And I would really like to have lived them fully. Because I think I've I've done a, like, okay, but increasingly better job at being more present. But I dip. Well, we're, <laughs> we're human, yeah. The stupid pandemic has not helped me. <laughs> it's okay to be nostalgic. And, like, it's kind of impossible not to look to the future sometimes. But yeah. it's about reminding yourself that, like, like I said, with me being here right now, I – there's people I could be talking to – like who are in Texas right now, who are in Scotland right now. But the thing I'm realizing is like, this is what matters. You being here with me, mm-hmm. me being with Chris, like, I'm not going to see you guys for a while. Like, I don't want to make you cry, but like, it's the reality of the situation. So why would I give my energy to things I'm going to see next when all that matters is being here with you now because it's Mm -hmm. fleeting and beautiful and I want to cherish it to uh like with everything I have to give you right now so and do coffee masks (laughs) and do coffee masks (laughs) I was telling Chris it was the perfect like uh wrap-up night because so we have a few things that kind of (laughs) 
just became like trends of our roommates. And it was like steak nights. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, it was Priyanka Chopra masks, but this time it was yogurt and turmeric and lemon. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Glow. Glow. Everyone, glow. (laughs) You have the ingredients now. Um, Yeah, I was like, but last night we did a coffee mask and then we started playing a night's tale. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the movie of this this household <laughs> yeah and then chris and i did a music cover so it was like the perfect little like bow on my time here so that made and me really happy with the podcast with yeah me. and with the podcast too it was great it feels very like a closing of chapters like a very neat one yeah. it isn't always neat but this one's pretty pretty damn neat <laughs> i love it no and this is like it's it's funny because i've had different moments i think where some of my fear comes from is like that abrupt closure like for example like losing my grandma before i could say goodbye that feels like a yeah. very abrupt like it would have been nice and you have to deal with that and that's part of like the grieving process of again it, you can grieve a lot of different things besides death right like yep. when you end a job and you end a relationship and again no one died but it's like it's it's it is a moment of closure and something has ended and now mm-hmm. this new part of life is going to you know commence and if we are so fortunate, we can have like these intentional, beautiful moments exactly. to kind of close but the chapter. But it's not always that way. Mm-hmm. And even like it wasn't as intense, but like even the fact that you got stuck in Scotland, I had at that time where we're like racking up the stress, it was ramping up high. Like we're like, what? We're locked down. Like we can't, you know, yeah. I can't see my family. Like the whole year that I was foreseeing, even this 20th anniversary that I had thought of at the top of this year, January, is like, this is our 20th year. I was planning a giant party. Like, oh. we were planning a giant get-together where we could get all of our alumni in a room. I was so looking forward to it. And I'd gone through my breakup with Kenji, so I was a train wreck. Yeah. And I was so looking forward to, like, I just want to see my friends. We're going to have a great party. We're going to play music. We're going to laugh. We're going to dance together. It was going to be great. And that, like, got, again, all of our future plans, those are things that you, mm-hmm. like— lose in the in the closing of a thing and the fact that you got stuck in scotland and had this like gray like i don't know when kelly's coming back oh gosh all these plans kept getting thwarted right Mm -hmm. all these things that like were certain were no longer that's a big thing when like things end and like when things get pivoted so you know it's just to like give credit to that because it's not everything so and i'm just that's but that's what makes this moment really really wonderful for me that i'm glad i'm so thankful that i'm in the middle of all of the chaos and all the things that we constantly just had to keep an eye on and like adjust to and like okay recalibrate recalibrate i'm fine i'm fine this is fine this feels really nice yeah and that's something i really really treasure and um i'm curious in our like closing few minutes of we have more than a few minutes whatever but like (laughs) what are you like what are takeaways from this really big chapter closing like i'm really excited for you it feels very Mm. bittersweet because i know you're doing something that's really true to you it's brave i know that you're like there are things you're still leaving behind but you're still going towards what you want yeah and you're closing out a life in america in la California, you're Texan, like you're, you're going to go back to Texas for a little bit and then go back to Scott. What, how does this, what would you want to impart with people that are like in their various chapter closing moments? Yeah. Um, whew, there's a lot to say about this, but I'll try to be 
concise. Um, change is always going to be scary. But like on the other side of that fear is everything you want in life. And it's almost always not as scary as you think it's going to be. There's, I, I think I touched on this earlier. There's going to be a million reasons in your head not to do the thing. But that's not you. That's not at the essence of who you are. That's not you as a person. That's just your mind. And so don't let your mind stop you from doing what you want. It's there to help you and like counterbalance your like wild, like (laughs) ambitions and uh, drives. And I think that's something I've learned because I think I had to go all the way full heart, like to then find the like dynamic range of being the most practical person and then the most like YOLO living life to the fullest (laughs) and to find the center, right. To find the balance. But I think you have to live both to find the balance. Mm. So like, if you haven't had your YOLO heart moment, I highly suggest it. It's going to be scary initially. And you are throwing yourself a bit into the unknown, into the abyss. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, you will find that balance. And so all I can suggest is that you do that mm-hmm. and see what happens. Because it's going to be a Hail of a ride. <laughs> can confirm. <laughs> can confirm. Can validate yeah. and check. Yeah. Yeah. I I support that. And and as a as the mommy Minji, um pack a snack. <laughs> Hydrate. Yes. I, I take really, care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Yeah. And it, it is a wild ride. And because of that, uh, you can anticipate that you don't know what's gonna happen. You're gonna learn how to be quick on your feet. Um I, I've i learned from closing chapters is that you are much more equipped than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And fear is a very tricky thing. It can be, it, it's there to protect you. I think it's like not to yeah. villainize fear so much. Yeah. yeah. F- fear is a, it's, it's there as an, as an instinctual thing to check some of your crazy shit. Like <laughs> I just feel like jumping off a bridge just to see what happens. Cause well, you don't yeah. want to be like, yeah, don't do that. Um, so I don't think anybody listening first of all is so unwise as such, but just a reminder, you know, we yeah, I'm have not saying things. jump off bridges. Yes. <laughs> but I do the essence of that, like we got to take risks and we got to like go into the unknown and maybe even things that we think are known, we keep getting proven are not known. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's mm-hmm. like for certain anyway. Um, so we can keep kind of shifting and taking risks and seeing how they go and growing and adjusting and being stronger, more resilient, more crafty, grateful. Mm-hmm. Know that you can be an editor whenever you want. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like look at what's in your arsenal of things that support you versus the things that, because when we get in fear mindset, I think that can just overrun everything yeah. and just put you in scarcity mode. Think of only the cons and all the things. And those are things to, I think, still think about and take in considerations. Like think about the things that you do not want to have happen. And then also think about these are the ways that I can face those things. Exactly. These and are that's the ways I can where, work and where balance comes from is acknowledging both yeah sides of everything that you pursue because then you do find what would be the most balanced uh, like way to proceed forward mm-hmm. if you were only just like writing the pros and ignoring the cons that's when i think what i was getting at is the full heart on like yes. <laughs> that doesn't sound right 
full heart on mode. Get her, that's going to be a shirt. Oh, my gosh. I got my heart on. I got my heart on. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Did I just stumble upon You just genius? did. I think you just struck gold on this wow. podcast. You heard it here first. You heard it. I got a full heart on. <laughs> um... I don't even know what I was saying. I know. <laughs> that completely derailed me. Now I'm thinking of a merch line. It's just great. Yeah. But I do agree. I mean, I'm I'm really for it. I life is short. I think that's what I've learned this year too. Exactly. It's short. Like go go do you and then when you have to close those chapters either abruptly or with full preparation, just know it, yeah, it's probably going to be really hard. And Life will keep going. Yeah, life will keep going. And as you close the chapters, just remind yourself that, um, like everything, change is always good. And the people that matter will stay in your life. Yes. This is me recording. I will be bothering Kelly with random FaceTimes. I'll check what time it is in Scotland. And I'll be like, she's probably not doing anything right now. Hi! (laughs) Yes, that's all. That's what I mean. It's like that we are living in a very fortunate time where me being so far away doesn't keep us from connecting and being friends so that's also the part yeah count we got to count our blessings Mm -hmm. this is like and this is what i'm saying to a lot there's some younger people that have been very like um fearful of like what the future holds and everything obviously with like everything being remote there's pros to that too that actually opens up a lot of opportunity like i was like if we're all working remote like i thought of when my 20s if like i didn't have to be stuck to a certain place i was like where should i go so exactly that's part of it if you have the ability to be remote right now because of covid then why would you not work anywhere you want to work yeah for sure safely Safely. Be safe, please. Um, Kelly, I freaking love you. Aww. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I'm very excited for you. I will be bugging you. Yes. Um, and I'm excited for the next chapter because we're also very aware because we're grown mature adults. Mm-hmm. We know in Scotland's just going to be a chapter and we don't know if that's your permanent place. Yeah, I don't know. The road is open right now, everybody. Yep. Reminder to self, too. Um, I want people to follow your music. Ooh. And you, if they want to like find out more about your journey, and as you post up pretty pictures, I got to explore Scotland through your Instagram. So please do share. Yeah, man. Um, the band I'm a part of can be found on Instagram currently. It's at Peaks and Valley Duo. Probably going to change, but <laughs> you can find us there for now. Um, and then to follow kind of like my shenanigans, the best Instagram to follow would be at Kelly underscore Nichols, which is N-I-C-K-E-L-S. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where you'll find me. I have lots of things that brewing, but they'll all be like linked from those two places. So. I thank you for your songs, too. I want she sent me songs while we we're in quarantine and we're very both very woo woo and they came at very good oh, timely good. moments to like help. And so I do believe in the power of like music healing and helping Mm -hmm. us and so i'm really just happy i'm excited good and sad for myself that i'm like it's just gonna be gone but it'll be great um sending love to everybody out there because uh i believe in everybody having a dream and having something they want to do and as much as we can let's do it yeah let's do the thing thank you kelly i love you very much yeah thanks for having me love you too and bon voyage (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys.
Thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode, part one of two closing chapters with Kelly Nichols. Please follow Kelly and check out her music. She's, I mean, this is really just the beginning for her. I'm really excited. I've been able to hear her uh, dabbling, her ideating, her creating like in real time. She's so talented, so much hard and so relatable. So I hope that you guys will follow her and keep an eye on her music because I I really believe that she's going to do some awesome things from scotland and uh yeah if you'd like to follow me you can go to at minjeezy or at first of all pod follow both keep up with my shenanigans and my next steps because there's a lot that's happening that we didn't even cover in this episode but they're happening they've been happening even today in the interim between recording the episode and me recording this now (laughs) so it's a wild time we're all going through it and we'll be there to entertain each other and inspire one another along the way yeah follow along shout out to Marvin Yue my audio engineer and producer thank you Marvin for being such an amazing collaborator for being consistent in my life as a friend um, as a producer couldn't do this without you thank you to Uzahan for use of his song Uzi Trap for the intro and outro thank you to Juliana Deer who is a new member of my first of all team and helping me keep this content alive and get the word out to all of you you're amazing Jules I love you and uh, thank you to my Patreon patrons. You guys have been such a wonderful, creative, and supportive force in my life. Thank you for keeping the microphone on, and the Wi-Fi on, and helping me, you know, give value and credit and, and compensate my team so that we can keep this channel going and share all these conversations and lessons learned continuously. I love all you guys so much. If you guys want to be a financial backer of First of All Podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash firstofallpodcast and become a supporter there. We have Google Hangouts. I send you my stickers, things of that nature. It's fun times, and yeah, it's a growing community. Thank you so much. If you like to reach out, you can email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. I want to do a shout-out to Natalie Hamilton. Natalie, thank you so much for your heartfelt email. I was just really moved and touched um, by your message. It just meant a lot. And thank you to everyone who's DM'd and tagged me to show their gratitude with the whole Spotify 2020 rap. It's insane. I grew 119%. Um, my Australia audience is growing and like including other countries that I'm just blown away by the fact that, I don't know, that people enjoy these stories and these lessons and it's just really touching and mind-boggling. I just am so grateful. So thank you all. And if you enjoy, first of all, please subscribe. Leave a five-star review. All of it helps to keep, you know, us relevant, to learn data, to learn where we can grow and how to better serve the listeners. I'm always open to that. Always curious. So thank you. And you can find, first of all, at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, everywhere else you find podcasts. And I'm also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. So if you guys want to check out some other Asian-American podcasters and storytellers, check them out also check out part two because I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the lessons I've learned from being executive director of collaboration it's a pretty big moment and a lot of feelings and thoughts for me the last few months so I wanted to commemorate that share some pieces of advice and insight of the 11 years that I've spent playing a leadership role and learning from my team just to help put that out there so yeah check that out i love all of you guys stay safe please have a safe holiday season um watch your finances don't get in the debt don't do it
Don't do it. I love all of you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. But if you're pushing me over the edge, my CD's knuckles do some crashing tag and hit and drag it. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.